Welcome back to Second and Short. It is Friday, June 7th, 2023. I hope everybody enjoyed their 4th of July. I know I had a great time, and we're happy to be back. This is our first week with only one episode since Luke joined the show back in December. Crazy. Yeah, it was a much-needed break for myself, I will say. <laughs> but we are back, and we've got a lot to talk about, Luke. Yes, I'm ready to hop into it, man. All right, just to run you down the list, of course, the MLB recap, weekend preview. We're going to talk about the MLB All-Star rosters and the Home Run Derby bracket. Then um, NFL news is pretty slow, so uh, just stay tuned for what we've got there. Talking a little bit about the Gold Cup. Not not too much, but you know, talking about it now that we're into the knockout stages. Of course, we have some transfer news. And then we'll round it out. Top three, bottom three, summer drinks, non-alcoholic, because I am not 21. Uh, unfortunate for Luke. Yeah. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, Luke, let's go ahead and get into the MLB recap. And I'm going to start it off with my winners and losers of the week. Uh, oh. My first winner, the Braves. And not because they are so damn good at baseball, but because they are set to split from Liberty Media, who is their owner, and become the Atlanta Braves holding a corporation. Um, some saying that this could lead to the Braves being sold after the season, which is what fans have quietly been asking for for years, was for Liberty Media to sell this team. Really? Yeah. Um, they were no- notorious for not spending money. And if you haven't realized, yes, the Braves are a fantastic team, but they've never been a free agency destination. And I I can kind of see that. Yeah, like all of our players are accumulated by fantastic work from Alex Anthopoulos and, you know, trades, draft, you know, everything like that. That's where we've kind of, you know, made these teams from. And, uh, you know, I think if we sell, you know, get a lot of money into this organization, it will make us a little bit more of a free agent destination, but also allow us to hold on to some of these players that we've got. Because obviously we have them held on to for a long time. And I think the Braves have really skated by on team-friendly deals. But at some point, you know, you're not going to be able to pay Ronald Acuna like a couple million dollars a year. And you're not going to get away with that with Ozzy Albies and players, you know, all these players. You're not really going to get away with it. Luckily, that's a future problem. So it's a good time (laughs) now to sell pick up some guys, and still have the money to re-sign those guys to the big contracts they'll deserve down the road. What a perfect time for the Braves to be going through all this, too. I like how you put it, because all those important guys are kind of on, like, you know, three to, like, five-year deals, and now the Braves are selling. Gosh, it's just a W franchise. (laughs) Yes, W franchise. But let's get into the first loser of the week. Anybody that watched Athletics vs. Tigers on Tuesday. (laughs) That game was horrendous. The game ended in a 1-0 win for the A's in the 10th inning where there were eight total hits, all of them being singles. Uh, No single pitcher had more than six strikeouts. And in this game, the Tigers became the only MLB team to strike out 12-plus batters in a game while allowing two or fewer hits and zero earned runs and lose the game. Wow. Um. (laughs) This, dating all the way back to when earned runs became an official stat in 1913, MLB teams in that span 
have been a combined 319-0-1. A team tied before they lost in that scenario, uh, and that's regular and postseason since then. How did the um, Athletics won? I see that they won in the 10th. Yeah, it was uh, an interesting game in general, but um, I believe it ended on like an, an error maybe. Let's see. There's only one scoring play. Yeah, Ryan Noda hit their second hit of the game, a single to left field, uh, which scored the um, the second base runner. Um, the extra innings rule, right? Yeah, with the extra innings rule. Okay, gotcha. What a horrendous game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it absolutely sucks. <laughs> the The highlight of this game was Shintaro Fujinami pitching one inning, three strikeouts on 12 pitches. Damn. So, good work from Shintaro, a guy who I was very high on, and the only high thing that he has this year is his ERA. So good, good riding there. Yeah. Uh, next winner, the Astros and Yankees. Surprisingly, uh, as of Tuesday, the Astros and Yankees were the only two AL teams that were above 500 in their last ten games. The only two AL yeah. teams. Yeah, both wow. were seven and three, but in that same span, there were seven National League teams that had won at least six of ten. Unbelievable. So, maybe the All-Star game will be different this year. <laughs> maybe. It could be. Uh, but my next loser, Angels fans. Uh, Mike Trout is out till August with a fracture in his hand, and that news came out at around 11.45 a.m. on Tuesday. At 4.40 p.m. that same day, Anthony Rendon fouled a ball into his leg and left the game. And at 5.30 p.m., Shohei exited the game after giving up seven hits, two home runs, four walks, and five earned runs and five innings pitched. And leaving the mound with a trainer appears that he had a bad blister on his hand and does not know how it's going to affect his hitting, but he will not pitch till it heals. Bummer. So their entire team has fallen apart within a day. Within about their six hours. Three people. Yeah, within about six hours, the three names on your team are gone. Dang. It, <laughs> they just continue to be a fucking bummer struggle bus over there <laughs> yeah yeah it's brutal uh my next winner actually my last winner the miami marlins they have now set a franchise record for wins before the all-star break with 51 dang so way to go marlins they, they've been outstanding i know we've talked about them kind of the last two weeks but yeah they're killing it man 51 and 37 as of right now um they're eight games back in the division but they're in a division with the best team in baseball so it's pretty difficult. Um, but seven of their last three, they've won. They're on a three-game win streak. Um, if I'm in Miami, I couldn't be happier. Unless you were at the game last night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are we starting MLB recap? Uh, I, I have one more loser. Okay. You got one more loser, and then we can talk about that game because that was interesting. Um, I would love to. This one, it, just strap it. This one's a... A long one. Uh, my last loser of the week is Nationals manager Dave Martinez. Uh, in the oh. second inning, while Ellie De La Cruz was stepping up to the plate for his first plate appearance, Martinez requested a bat check because he saw something on the knob of Ellie De La Cruz's bat. 
Um, it's called a blast monitor, uh, or, or it's like a blast. It's it's a swing monitor essentially. It's a small device you slide on the bottom of the bat to track swinging metrics. The umpires made Ellie take it off his bat originally, uh, which isn't a big deal, but I don't see why he couldn't use it because I did a little bit of research, and as of 2016, the MLB itself was partnered with the company that makes the exact device he was using, and they were used in the 2016 Futures game to track the metrics. Every single batter in that game had one on their bat. So obviously the MLB shouldn't have a problem with that being on his bat. And yeah. It it turns out they they didn't have an issue and the umpires told Dave Martinez that was the case uh that you know he was allowed to use it but the situation wasn't over cuz after they made him take it off and then he put it back on he came out in the 5th inning with the tracker on his bat and hit a moonshot 455 <laughs> and he pimped the fuck out of it and he turned <laughs> The bat, he turned the bat over, pointed to the tracker before bat flipping and running the bases, and then Dave Martinez, after the game, made himself more of a loser. He said he was not trying to make a big deal. He just hadn't seen one of them used in a game, and then proceeded to say, in quotes, I love the way he plays. I didn't like his antics after he hit the home run. We can do without that. He's only got two weeks in the big leagues, which is just factually incorrect. Because as we sit here recording, he's been—it's been exactly a month since he was called up, uh, and I'd say he's well acclimated to the big leagues. Uh, you know, a cycle probably cements you there. But also, uh, if you didn't want to make a big deal about it, then why are you condemning him after the game? Yeah. But time. you know, if he doesn't remember, because I know he doesn't, you know, understand what it's like anymore to like feel the feeling of winning a baseball game or managing talented players. Uh, but Dave Martinez did manage this guy named Juan Soto, who used to do the same exact shit. <laughs> he used to fuck. He he shuffles when somebody gets like when a ball is called on him. He pimps home runs. He chirps players on the field. But all of a sudden. Ellie De La Cruz does this shit, and it's not respectful to the game and all this. Dave Martinez, shut the fuck up, man. Just what get over bum. yourself. On a, on a bum organization, or the yeah. manager of a bum organization. Yeah, nobody cares that you won a World Series, dog. Fuck out of here. But yeah, that's my last like loser, that. Dave Martinez. That, pick, that pissed me off, because um, yeah. it just... It, just don't don't bully Ellie, man. He doesn't he doesn't do anything wrong. He's just yeah. you know taking the league by storm. And that home run looked really fucking easy. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think yeah. out of all of them, that was probably the smoothest one he's hit so far. Yeah, I think Ellie's got to release the swing metrics on it now. <laughs> we got to see the bat speed and everything. Put him in his place, Ellie. But I love it. Let's get back to what you were you were gonna say. This Marlins game. <laughs> oh yesterday. Lord, so. I, I don't really know if they are a winner, Grayson, because um, holy fuck, yesterday's game was insane. Re- really just a good game the entire time. Uh, yeah, but they did win. They did win. In the ninth inning with the cards, uh, I think it was the top of the ninth, they took a two-run home run. Uh, yeah, two-run home run lead. Um, a, a Jordan Walker home run. The guy out of Stone Mountain gave them a 9-8 to eight lead going into the bottom of the ninth. Jordan Hicks. He takes the mound, has a little chopper, like, you know, ground hit to him. 
throws it just, I mean, you would, you would need four first basemen on top of each other's shoulders to catch the ball that he threw over there. Yeah. Goes just so far behind him, scores two runs on the air, and the Marlins end up walking it off that way. So they just they just get wins in any way they can now, I guess. It's uh, God, the Marlins, they just can't stop. <laughs> Dude, that throw was hilariously bad. Like, Paul Goldschmidt didn't even try to catch it. <laughs> no. He like and, I mean, you could a, you could first baseman over there. Yeah, you could watch the the clip back and you see Paul Goldschmidt and like he's ready to catch and you just see him like look at the ball go over <laughs> his head. It's what? hilarious. Soar over. Oh man. Yeah, what a game, what, though. Yeah, what an interesting way to end it. <laughs> yeah, I loved it. Yeah, crazy walk off. Uh I got to talk about Ronald Acuña. I love this guy so much, man. He has made MLB history. He is the first player to have 13 consecutive games with either a home run or a stolen base. That's the longest by a player in the modern era. Surpasses Burt Campanaris' 12-game streak in 1969. Dude, Ronald Acuna, I know we talked about 30-70, but 40-80 might be in the books. (laughs) (laughs) I, and I hope it happens too. What a what a player you know he is to have all this that's happening to him. You know, yeah. It's, um, it's just fun to be a part of. Yeah, I right. Love it. Right now, before the All Star break, twenty one home runs, forty one stolen bases. Wow. Yeah. Damn. Well, Grayson, I want to talk about another thirteen. Manny Machado just became the Petco Park home run king with yeah. sixty six home runs. So. A little trivia for you. Who did he beat? Um, ooh, <clears throat> that's tough. Uh, I'm trying to think of like, well, is it a guy that like played in San Diego for a while? Uh, 2006 to 2010. Oh, that is a weird. I know him more as a Dodger. Okay, that is a this weird been... time for the Padres. It is a weird time for the Padres. Oh. You know him more as a Dodger. Yep. Will Myers is third with 64. So huh. this guy has 65. Oh, um, uh, Adrian Gonzalez. Good job. Nice. Yeah. I know Do him you as know a Met. Pati- <laughs> as a was, Met? Okay. He was shit for the Mets, but I remember <laughs> Do you know who? Um, Do you know where Tatis is on this list? He's probably getting up there. What? He's got like, he's probably got 30-something, 40. He's fifth with 44. Okay, yeah. Yep, which leaves Hunter Renfro as uh, number four with uh, 46 home runs. So, little little Petco Park home run yeah. trivia for you there. Yeah, there it is. Uh, my next thing, Pablo Lopez recorded a career-high 12 strikeouts in his complete game shutout on Wednesday. Uh, but what makes this more interesting is that his teammate Joe Ryan threw the first Twins complete game shutout in 1,909 days on June 22nd. And then oh, it wow. only took 13 days for the Twins to get another one. <laughs> How insane. But yeah, Pablo Lopez looked dominant in that one. Obviously, nine innings pitched because he had the complete game. But 100 pitches on the dot, 12 Ks. I think he only gave up four hits. I like it. Wow. Okay, I, I have uh, I have some more red stuff, Grayson, because okay. uh, they're another team that just can't stop. So, as of yesterday, so Wednesday, as we're recording this Thursday, 
four games in a row, all wins for the Reds. They have won seven of their past eight. They are, in their last 23, they've won 19. Wow. And this past win, I think it was yesterday, was their seventh consecutive road series win. Wow. It's just, (laughs) it's incredible what's going on over there. Seriously. That is phenomenal. Um, Yes. Let's talk about a different guy that wears red. Craig Kimbrell. Okay. For the Phillies, oh, yeah. has quietly been one of the best closers in the MLB since early May. Closer slash reliever. Um, 23 innings pitched, he's 3-0, and a 1.17 ERA, 15.3 Ks per nine, 10 out of 10 on his save opportunities. He's got a 7.8 Ks to walk ratio. In my favorite stat of all of them, he's been doing this while also accumulating 12, or, sorry, 10 pitch clock violations. Huh. <laughs> so not only has he been the best at pitching, he's been the worst at following the rules. <laughs> that's that's pretty funny. <laughs> See, yeah. has he struggled with it the most out of everybody? Probably. I haven't looked at the the numbers recently, but he's got to be one of the worst. I bet it's got something to do with that weird ass stance, man. Yeah, he's definitely like a rhythm guy. So. I think, yeah. you know, he has to take his time. I mean, shit, if you're pitching that good, what's a ball going to do? Exactly. Which mean, means you get a little bit of a longer break, I think. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I like it. What's you know, next? why Why aren't more pitchers doing it to, like, throw off batters? Like, let's say you're in an 0-2 count and he's fouled off, like, I don't know, two or three pitches, so you're, like, five pitches deep in this at-bat. Just wait. Take a longer break. That is throw, throw off the batter and just take a take a ball. Yeah, it's a one and two count, and then just go back off to where you left off. Hey, pitching coaches, listen up. I think that's a, that's a good strategy. <laughs> I like it. You know how psyched out as a player I'd be if I just like it's a 0-2 count. I've pit, I've fouled off like the last three pitches, and. The pitcher just stares at me, and I just watch the clock wind down. Yeah. It's because you have to be ready at eight seconds, right? So it's eight seconds of the pitcher just looking at you. Yeah. (laughs) I think Madison Bumgarner would be pretty good at it. Yeah, too bad he sucks. Yeah. (laughs) Literally (laughs) terrible. Got to talk about Logan Gilbert. He threw a three-pitch inning on Tuesday. Love a good three-pitch inning. It's wow. the 198th in ALNL history. Uh, and more interestingly than his three-pitch inning, the last three-pitch inning recorded was in September of last season, and it was kind of odd. Um, the Chicago Cubs reliever Brandon Hughes threw one pitch in the ninth inning, recorded the out, and was pulled. And then Manuel Rodriguez threw two pitches for two outs after he came in. Whoa. In the ninth inning. What a weird-ass sport. Dude. Yeah, I think that was the third or fourth uh, combined three-pitch inning in history. <laughs> so weird. Yeah. Um, huh. Anything else you've got? Um, besides my injury stuff, nothing else. Okay, uh, we got to talk about our pal, Alec Manoa. He's getting the call. Oh, yeah. He will be starting for the actual Toronto Blue Jays of the Major League <laughs> Baseball, you know, 
the actual ones, not the Florida <laughs> League, not the minors, the actual Blue Jays against the Tigers on Friday. Good for him. So how many runs is he giving up? Six, seven? <laughs> against the Tigers? I, I don't want to. I don't want to just throw him to the to the piranhas. I don't know. I'm going to go like four. Yeah, give me a Miguel Cabrera home run in that one. Okay, I like it. Take take the Miguel Cabrera <laughs> home run. All you betters out there. Yeah. Um, let's see, I got two Padres things. The Padres DFA'd Nelson Cruz. So if anybody's looking for like a 45-year-old or 40-year-old uh, designated hitter, he's good for <laughs> like a few home runs a month. Yeah. Pick him up if you, if you need a DH. There's some teams that could use a bat. Yankees offense is nothing without Aaron Judge, so yeah, I don't know. Pick him up. Don't be scared. And then uh, the Padres got their first three-game sweep of the season. It only took them over halfway through. <laughs> so um, I guess congrats. <laughs> yeah. Let me see that payroll. But – uh. Luke, let's hear let's hear the uh, the injury saga. Uh man, you want Carlos Rodon or Aaron Judge first? Well, well, let's start with Carlos Rodon because I think we're coming to possibly a happy ending. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so uh, we're recording this Thursday, as we have said so many times doing this podcast. I'm not really too sure why I still say it, but Carlos Rodon will pitch tomorrow against the uh, the Cubs. Super super exciting stuff. But first, Grayson, I want to go into his third rehab start because we never covered that. He pitched uh, 3.2 innings. He had eight strikeouts, gave up one hit, two walks. Uh, he threw 58 pitches. The plan was like 60, but he ended up going two less. Or, uh, 38 of those 58 were strikes. He gave up no runs. And then a compiled uh, kind of stat list over his uh, three rehab starts. He has given up one run, pitched 10.2 innings. He has seen 38 batters and struck out 17 of them. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So almost half I mean, the batters he's faced, he struck out. That's very yeah. good. So it's it's not the majors, but I mean at least, you know, he seems not injured anymore. I mean, that's pretty damn good. Yeah. And then on uh definitely way more important because uh this one is this one affects me every day, Grayson. I think about this every single day. Yep. So as of July 4th, uh he is uh, Aaron Judge has begun baseball activities. Um, I think I may have reported it last time when we were playing the A's. I think he was playing catch. Now he's hitting off of a tee. Um, uh, Aaron Boone says that he has no trouble turning on his back foot, which is where the injured toe is. So he's able to generate a lot of power there still, and it hasn't been bothering him. Uh, and then a couple stats from uh, this uh, stint of no Aaron Judge. Six different players have played in right field for the Yankees this year, and our offense averages less than four runs a game. <clears throat> it's been absolutely fucking brutal. Please come back, Aaron Judge. <laughs> yeah, I did see something. I think Aaron Judge himself said it, that like with this toe injury, like it could take years for this to actually heal fully. Because I think he has something pretty similar to turf toe, which is yeah. an injury that like has actually ended careers in like football. So insane to me. Yeah. So I I think, you know, I don't think it's going to affect him that much, but being in pain that often is going to suck. So we probably will see, you know, uh, 
possibly throughout the course of this season, like a few more off days for Aaron Judge or maybe a couple games at DH. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. But, uh, you know, and then and then you got players like Jimmy Cordero eating Oof. up his females because Aaron Judge isn't around. Yeah, yeah. You guys have a bad history. <laughs> <laughs> we do. The pitching staff is – they are some vile humans. Uh, man, the Yankee contract is changing people. <laughs> I guess. And it uh, always man. happens while they're on the Yankees. <clears throat> yes, it does. But uh, Very strange. I think that, that wraps it up for the recap. Let's get into the weekend preview. All that matters this weekend is Braves race in my head. <laughs> you got 58 oh, and 28 man. versus 57 and 32, the two best teams in baseball. And I'm just excited and scared at the same time. But I'm I'm willing to accept however this series goes as long as they is good baseball. Okay. I like that. Yeah. Um just kind of looking now. Uh, dang, Grayson, you might be right. <laughs> like, Phillies-Marlins is a good one. Um, they're relatively close in the standings in the NL East. Uh, Reds-Brewers is a big one for the uh, NL Central. Angels-Dodgers. Angels-Dodgers. Yeah, that one Jinx. would be exciting <laughs> if yeah. Trout, Otani, and Rendon were playing, but I really don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but... Yeah, it's all about Braves' race. We've got some solid pitching matchups yeah. throughout this weekend as well. We've got um, Morton versus Glasnow on Friday. And then Saturday, we've got Strider versus Todd Bradley. Sunday, Bryce Elder versus Zach Eflin. I'm just, uh, I'm ecstatic. Yeah, and then Tuesday is the All-Star game. Yeah, exactly. What a fantastic way yeah. to wrap up. It's uh, yeah. This is just a July is a great time for baseball. It, is. it really is. I love uh, it. Uh, that's the thing. It's like May and June are just a grind to get through. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> when it comes but to April's being an MLB, exciting. yeah, April's exciting because like, it's the start. Yeah, May and June are just the dog days, man. And then July it starts heating up. Halfway through, we got the All Star Game and the Home Run Derby, and then you get right back to it at the end of the week. You you start back on Friday after the All Star Game, and it's the playoff race from there. Honestly, like it doesn't seem like it because there's still like you know sixty seventy games to be played from there. Yeah, yeah. But that's where the playoff race really begins. Is the All Star breaks over and it's just a race to the finish. Yeah, I I, I can't wait, but I want to enjoy All Star Weekend. And or we'll all start week, I guess, first yeah. before uh, before we start talking playoffs, though. Yeah. So let's let's go ahead and start enjoying All Star Week with the All Star yeah. rosters. Let's do it. Uh, we've had a couple of guys that are injured that will need re- their that are getting replaced, but we'll start in the AL. The elected starting lineups. I'm gonna go through the lineup and then we can maybe hit a couple of these. But we've got Jonah Heim at catcher from the Texas Rangers. Yandy Diaz at first base for the Tampa Bay Rays. Second base, we got Marcus Simeon of the Rangers. Third base, Josh Jung of the Rangers. Shortstop, Corey Seager of the Rangers. 
Outfield, Mike Trout of the Angels, of course. Randy Rosarena of the Rays and Aaron Judge of the Yankees. And then DH Shohei Otani of the Los Angeles Angels. Uh, Mike Trout and Aaron Judge have both been replaced, uh, but we'll get to their replacements in a minute. Uh, this starting lineup is fantastic, uh, mainly because it's just the Rays, Angels, and uh, Texas, and then one Yankee. <laughs> it's not even going to play. Yeah. <laughs> Bummer about Aaron Judge and Mike Trout, though. Yeah. Like, yeah, like of course, suck. bias towards Aaron Judge, but those are just, like, you know, huge names that everybody likes to watch, I feel like. So that, that kind of blows. Yeah. And, like, the the Rangers were a first baseman short of a full infield and catcher. <laughs> which the is chemistry's going to be there. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I love this lineup. I think I, – I can't – Think of anybody else that really deserved to be in over some of these guys. Like you could argue Bo Bichette over Corey Seager for sure. You could argue Jose Ramirez over Josh Jung, but that's like Luis Robert maybe in the outfield. But I wouldn't take him over Trout or Rosarena or Judge. Like Adolis Garcia has probably got the best shout for over Mike Trout. That's really it. But otherwise, yeah. I'm pretty happy with it. I am too. Um, I don't really mind you know having this many rangers uh in the lineup because they've they've just genuinely been so good and they have a lot of fun players to watch so it's it's a cool little lineup they got here yeah and then for the reserves we got the two catchers salvador perez adley rutschman so very happy for adley to uh be making his first all-star appearance and salvador perez making one of many but at this age fantastic to still see him going Yes. And then the infield reserves, we've got Vlad Guerrero at first, Whit Merrifield for second, Ho- uh, Boba at short, Jose Ramirez at third, who I am so glad made it in because nobody was voting for him in the all-star you know, voting, which was crazy for you know yeah. to start, but he has been so goddamn good. And then Wander Franco rounds it out as another reserve. He actually got filled in. Uh, I believe technically replacing Aaron Judge uh, just because, you know, they already had outfielders to put in. But uh, Luis Robert in the outfield, as well as Austin Hayes of the Baltimore Orioles, who's had a great year. Jordan Alvarez in the outfield, who is injured uh, and was replaced with Julio Rodriguez. Adolis Garcia, of course, is a reserve. Kyle Tucker uh, was a replacement uh, for uh, Mike Trout. I believe was the direct replacement. And then Julio Rodriguez, like I said, is replacing Jordan. And then the DH uh, reserve, Brent Rooker of the Oakland Athletics. Look at that. Got an athletic in there, too. Yeah. Brent Rooker's been so good. Yeah. He um he better enjoy being with all these guys because uh, it's back to reality after, uh, after next week. Yeah. And then let's go through the pitchers. So uh, I don't think we've gotten, like, we have no idea if Shohei's going to pitch yet. Uh, but I believe he will be the starter if he does, uh, which is kind of crazy. I feel like there's other guys to start. But Shohei Otani, yeah. Garrett Cole, Luis Castillo, Sonny Gray, Nathan Uvaldi, Kevin Gosman, Shane McClanahan, who is hurt, uh, Framber Valdez, Michael Lorenzen, which is a terrible pick for Detroit. <laughs> like, that's just so bad. Like, I know you have to put one. But you, there's some other guys you could have picked. And then George Kirby is Shane McClanahan's replacement. And then for the relievers, Kenley Jansen, Emmanuel Classe, Felix Bautista, and Yinny Erkano. Couldn't think of more deserving guys right there. 
I, I was about to say, man, that that Classe, Bautista, and Cano, those yeah. three guys there. I, I don't know much about Kinley in Boston this year, but those three guys, right. like, oh, my gosh, especially Felix Bautista. Yeah. Uh, that dude has been cooking batters this season. The, the He is just a, a nasty pitch clip on Twitter machine. Yes. <laughs> but Exactly. Yeah, I, I love this. I still think they pick way too many starters. <laughs> Yeah. I think it's insane how many starters they take. But nonetheless, let's talk about the National League. The starting lineup goes as such. Sean Murphy, starting at catcher, the Atlanta Braves. Freddie Freeman at first of the Los Angeles Dodgers. Luis Arise at second for the Miami Marlins. Nolan Arenado at third for the St. Louis Cardinals. Shortstop Orlando Arcia of the Atlanta Braves. Then the outfield, Ronald Acuna Jr. of Atlanta, of course. Uh, Mookie Betts of the Dodgers and Corbin Carroll of the Arizona Cardinals. Fuck, hold on. (laughs) Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, And then your DH, J.D. Martinez of the Los Angeles Dodgers. I think this is fantastic. Would have loved to see uh, maybe maybe Austin Riley in there at third. But, you know, I can't beg for too much because Atlanta is sending eight (laughs) All-Stars. So I'm not going to push it. But... I love this starting lineup so much. You have power, you have contact, you have just you have a lot of speed in here as well. Good um, defenders. Yeah, great defending, especially the outfield defense is crazy. Yeah. Like I don't yeah. even know like who's playing right, Mookie or Acuña. Exactly. And can you even hit a gapper against this lineup? No, especially not right field, like right center. If Acuna is in right and Corbin Carroll's in center, nothing's dropping out there. Yeah, nothing. <laughs> yeah, um, this is a um, much better looking lineup on paper than uh, than the AL. Yeah, I, I agree, especially because there's no none of these guys are hurt right now. Yeah, yeah, especially. Which certainly um, helps them. And Orlando Arcia's here, man, as a starter. Let's go. I Lando, love this baby. kid. Oh, uh, Lord. Uh, but let's get into the reserves. We've got two catchers, Will Smith and Elias Diaz. Elias Diaz has been fantastic. Very glad to see him here. Uh, infield, you've got the entire Braves infield that's not starters. Uh, Matt Olson, Ozzie Albies, Austin Riley, and then a former Brave in the infield, Dansby Swanson, uh, Pete Alonso, fuck him. Uh, he made it as well as a reserve. And then the outfield, Lourdes Gurriel Jr., Nick Castellanos, and Juan Soto, who are all fantastic picks there in the outfield. And then DH, Jorge Soler. What the fuck's going on? We got like a brave reunion here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've got a whole lot of current, former. Oh, man. Yeah. Like just go- going down the list, you've got Sean Murphy, Freddie Freeman, Orlando Arcia, Ronald Acuna, um, Matt Olson, Ozzy Albies, Austin Riley, Dansby Swanson, and Jorge Soler have all played or are playing for the Braves. And won a championship with the Braves. They have to get a picture at this game yeah, together. It's going to be they have to. phenomenal. Uh, yeah. But let's get into the pitching. Starting pitchers, you've got Zach Gallen, who I presume is going to be the starter, and then the two Braves pitchers, Spencer Strider and Bryce Elder, and then you've got Justin Steele of the Cubs, who's been fantastic. Mitch Keller of the Pirates, who's been very good. Josiah Gray is just, uh, we needed a national. Um, 
hasn't been all that good. And then Clayton Kershaw, who is injured, uh, was selected as well as Marcus Stroman. Uh, and then the relievers, we have Alexis Diaz, obviously Edwin Diaz's brother and fantastic closer for the Reds. Uh, Josh Hader of the Padres, Devin Williams of the Brewers, Camilo Doval yes. of the Giants, and then Clayton Kershaw's replacement, David Bednar of the Pittsburgh Pirates. I love seeing Camilo here, man. Yeah. What a guy. I think overall the NL has the best roster. They 100% do. Which but I could be biased. <laughs> I could be biased. There's a lot of Braves. <laughs> there, There is a lot of Braves. I don't know, though. The ALs won it how many times in a row now? All of them, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> they just never lose. I don't know. Dude, it might be different this year. Could be. It could. Dang, I love it. What a, what an NL lineup. All these guys are going to be so fun to watch. Yeah, they've at least won the last five, because that's what's showing on ESPN as I'm looking okay. at it. Gotcha. Uh, but let's talk about the Home Run Derby. Let's do it. I think this is... One of the weaker home run derby brackets yeah. that we've seen recently, but nonetheless, some exciting matchups. You got the one versus eight, Luis Robert and Adley Rutschman. Right now, I believe Robert um, somehow has the most home runs out of the guys here. Uh, yeah, he's got 25 homers, Damn. which is kind of crazy. And then Adley uh, with the least here. Um, he doesn't have much, but I think he'll be an exciting one to watch. I think he's just a great hitter. Um, so we'll see a lot of, like, just ropes out of the ballpark. Yeah, he's only got 11 home runs this season. And the second okay. seed, the home run derby king himself, um, this is his World Series, Pete Alonso, uh, <laughs> the second seed. And then he'll be facing last year's champion, the young man, Julio Rodriguez, who's the seventh seed. Uh, I think Pete. Pete's got to run for his money here. Yes. No, he definitely does. Yeah. His only money that he ever wins. Uh, his only money. <laughs> the the three-seed Mookie Betts versus the six-seed Vlad Guerrero Jr. I think this one's exciting. Mookie is just an yes. exciting player to watch, but Vlad Guerrero Jr. hits just the most sexy home runs. He does. Like every, like I don't even care if he doesn't hit that many. He just hits beautiful home runs. Yes. And then my probably my favorite matchup um, of the four, Adolis Garcia versus Randy Rosarena. These are just two exciting guys. Especially Rosarena. Yeah. Yeah, Randy. Big is fan of him. Electric. All right. Well, you got a you got a prediction here? Um I'm gonna say I'm going to go with Vladdy. You know, I was going to go with Vladdy too, but I, I'm going to go bold. I think give me Mookie. I, I think, mm. I think the, the exciting player is going to, is going to bring it. All right. Mookie best. Big time. Yep. You don't think Julio's got the advantage being in Seattle? That's actually a good point. It is his home ballpark and he's yeah. already won one before. I think Julio's going to be good. Rosarena's going to be good. Vladdy's going to be good, and Mookie's going to be good. Yeah, I could, I could actually see Pete Alonso like having like a flop year this year. I, I think he's mm. been too good at the home run derby for long, for okay. too long. 
Yeah, I, I, like I think it's about take. time for him to have a have an off year. Like Luis that. Robert would be kind of cool. You know, he's a player that no one really talks about a lot, but he's got good power. And Adley Rutschman, you know, if he shows out, you know, it'd be just kind of a cool thing to see a young guy show out. So I, I think, you know, it's a weak lineup, like you said, but it has potential. Yeah. There's a lot of stories you could make out of this. Yeah, like there's no there's no Prince Fielder in this one. Like there's no, no stand there's no Josh Hamilton in this home run derby, but it could yep. still be exciting. Yes. Um I should have should have said this earlier. What's your prediction for this uh, All-Star game? Um dang, looking at the lineups, man. I think it'll I think it'll be one of the more exciting all-star games. Okay. And I think I, I think it's time for the NL to break it. I, okay. I hate to say it, but I think it's gonna get broken. I mean, this lineup speaks for itself, man. It's unbelievable. Yeah. I Rangers think, versus the NL. I think the National League the is gonna throw a combined no hitter. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna get like one or two innings of work from Zach Gallon. Spencer yeah. Strider's gonna come in, shut him down. <laughs> and then, you know, maybe we'll see like a like Marcus Stroman come in. Um maybe Bryce Elder. And yeah. then like you could literally get five innings out of these relievers, one from each of them, and I could say that they could not give up a hit. <laughs> no, no, I, I completely agree with you. And it bummer that Clayton Kershaw is gonna be hurt too. I know, dude. It does suck. But I'm that. sure he'll still be there. Oh, of course, yeah. So I hope we'll get so. to at least see him. But I think that rounds it out. We've got an exciting weekend coming up, so make sure that you're tuning in. And um, speaking of exciting, uh, the NFL has been the opposite of that the past couple <laughs> of weeks. There's just nothing. Nothing's going on. Yeah, people are breaking the rules and committing crimes, but that's just, it's just normal shit now. So... Yep. Because there's not much going on, I want to get the people fired up. <laughs> We're going to fire off our three hottest takes for the 2023-2024 season. And this could literally be about anything. It could be yep. about a player. It could be about a team. It could be literally anything. And I'm going to get it started with one that I just truly believe in. And okay. this one comes more from a coaching change. I think that Eric Bieniemy, who we're used to seeing uh, an elite passing offense out of, uh, his running back duo of Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson will be the best running back duo in the league next year. Whoa. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I I love what those two have to offer. I think they, like... We talked about last year how, like, Tony Pollard and Zeke were a great duo. And, like, Aaron... Um, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon are a great duo. I think these guys have such a fantastic opportunity to be so good. You know, I, I like that take because I, I don't think Antonio Gibson has ever really like reached the full potential that he could be, and Brian Robinson is just a dog. Yeah. Okay. That's a good one. Um. <clears throat> Uh, which one of these three do I want to hit you with first? I'm mad you limited me to three. <laughs> there, there's a lot of cool things. Well, there is plenty of time <laughs> to talk more yeah. before oh, the season is. starts. Um, fuck it. I'll, I'll hit you with what I think is the most out there take, but I, I think it's a possibility. 
The NFC Championship game next year, Grayson, will be Cowboys Vikings. Whoa. <laughs> no, no Philly. Whoa. No 49ers. No 49ers. That's interesting. That's hot I, for I, sure. I, that is it, hot. It's a it's a it's a <laughs> steaming take. <laughs> yeah, certainly. Um, I mean, I mean, what do you think? I, I, the Vikings, <sighs> if it all fell together and their defense could pick it up, I I could definitely see them being in the NFC Championship game because when it comes down to the playoffs, it's all about just a good run. I feel yeah. like anybody can beat anybody. My thing is like, do I want to bet on a, a defense? picking it up or do I want to bet on a defense that's already really good and continues to get better but that offense though man that offense is Jordan, great Jordan Addison's gonna be there yeah we'll have to see if Alexander Madison can even do his job yeah no Dalvin Cook though yeah that's but... I, that scares me from the Vikings at least from a running aspect is that we haven't really seen Alexander Madison get full-time First in the rotation snaps at running back. That is true. So I, I don't know if he is like the perfect replacement for Dalvin Cook because everybody seems to just say that about backup running backs. Yeah. And a lot of times it doesn't work. I don't know. We'll have to see. But I know he's like number one on the waiver wire when Dalvin goes down. That's <laughs> Alexander true. Madison is, is a god of fantasy football. Yes. He's the best fill-in you can get. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'll have to see some games. I'll have to see some tape. Okay. But my next one is that the Los Angeles Chargers will have the best overall offense next season. Really? And I think they'll be top five in both rushing and passing. (laughs) What? Yeah. (laughs) You don't think if Dalvin goes to Miami, that would be like your best overall offense? You could say that, but I think they throw the ball too much. I think that the Chargers will have a great split. And I think with Kellen Moore, who has you know relatively succeeded in running kind of a half-pass, half-rush offense with the Cowboys, works out very well for this Chargers offense because you have Austin Eckler, who's obviously so goddamn good. Yep. If he gets more carries, they're going to be so good. And having him as a passing option and... Obviously, Keenan Allen isn't what he once was. And same with Mike Williams. But they both have the opportunity to be great. And you add in Quentin Johnston. And you still have Gerald Everett. Like, I really like the possibilities of this offense. And I think Kellen Moore can maximize it. I like that take. I would I would also even throw in the Jaguars in there, too. Best overall yeah. offense. Yeah, if Etienne can take that jump. Yeah, and you know Calvin Ridley can be good. I'd I'd put him up there. Yeah. Um. Oh, you'll you'll love this one. The Steelers are going to win the AFC North and sweep the Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I think it'll yeah, keep the saying Steelers it. Will win, they'll win the AFC North, sweep Cincinnati, but split Baltimore and Cleveland. I respect the fact that. You really want to manifest this. <laughs> Bro, <laughs> there's something brewing up in Pittsburgh okay. that only we know about. Okay. And I may be I may have been saying this for years now. It, you guys might stay. Happening. You guys might stay as the only people knowing about it. <laughs> oh man, just wait. Wait for wait for the sophomore jump from that, Kenny. That might have been the best possible segue into my next one. 
my last one. Oh God! Is that the Bengals have the perfect storm for a Super Bowl season? <laughs> it is the perfect time for them to win a Super Bowl because everybody that matters on this team is in a prove it year. Are they? Yeah, Burrow is in a contract year. Jamar Chase is eligible for his first extension this offseason. Next year, like this coming offseason. T. Higgins will be an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year. Tyler Boyd will be an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year. Joe Mixon needs a bounce back season, especially two years into his four year deal. Trey Hendrickson just continues to get better and better each year that he's been with Cincinnati. Logan Wilson, contract year. DJ Reader's in a contract year. Chidobia Woozy is in a contract year. They have so many players on this team that are going to be showing off their value this season that this is the ideal time for them to win a Super Bowl because they're not going to be able to hold on to everybody. Okay. I, I You know, I, I like that take. I definitely think that the Bengals have something good going on over there, but I don't know. I think I think their Super Bowl against the Rams was their chance. I don't know. On, I, I might change my last one because I, I wanted to look up Lamar Jackson stats before I said what I was originally going to say. Okay. Oh man, do I want to go with? Oh, I have a good one. I have two good ones actually. Fuck it. Should I just say them both? Yeah, fire them off. Okay, Justin Jefferson, I think, will be the MVP of the league next year. Okay. I, I think it's – I've been wanting it for a wide receiver ever since Antonio Brown in, uh, like, 2017 or 18. I can't remember the season when he was, like, you know, going crazy. But, like, I, I just think when wide receivers are playing well, it, it's just so much fun. And Justin Jefferson is is that guy. <laughs> yeah, so I got to uh, rewind for a second because you got to really clarify what type of going crazy Antonio Brown was doing. <laughs> I, I'm talking about the the Ben and AB days, man. The, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but he was going crazy on the field. Yes. Okay, not in yeah. like the GM's office. <laughs> yeah. Not with... Stripping down his, you know, entire yeah, not, outfit and yeah, walking Yeah, not taking off. his uniform off. Yeah. Okay. Just making yeah, going sure. crazy on the field and then not becoming a rapper. Yep. Yep. Okay. My other one, and I hate to say this, but it, it's as you said with the Bengals, it's like the perfect storm. Lamar Jackson will have his first 4,000 yard passing season this year. Okay. It's time. It's, it's very much time for him. I, I just watched a video dude of uh, Odell and Zay flowers. Uh, they were doing, um, like their footwork training, you know, just like running routes, you know, just practicing yeah. together. They look sharp. And and Zay Flowers looks like a complete demon. I, I've I, been I am, saying it. <laughs> <laughs> he looks really good with his feet. And yeah. and like we said, you know, he put on all that weight before the uh, combine too. So he's little, but he's pretty fucking built too with all yeah. that speed. So I, I unfortunately like what I see out of him. <laughs> yeah. I, I love Zay Flowers so much, dude. Yeah. I think he's going to be so good. He's going to be great. Yeah, hey, if Lamar has his first 4,000 passing yard season, you think Zay Flowers has a shot at Offensive Rookie of the Year? Mm. No. No? I don't. Who no. do you think would be? 
You think it's going to be a quarterback just because we have a good crop of quarterbacks that are going to be starting? We do have a decent amount of quarterbacks, but I don't know if any of them. I don't know if any of them are going to be better than Jordan Addison. I I, I, mm. I think that's going to be my offensive rookie of the year because he, Jordan Addison, is going into like, as we keep saying, a perfect storm. He is going to be a part of such a good offense that just lost their running back. Um, you know, Kirk Cousins has proven that you know he can he can put up numbers with that talented offense that he has. And with Hawkinson, Jay Jettas, and KJ Osborne all there, Jordan Addison has no pressure. He's just got to go out there and be Jordan Addison. Yeah. And I I think think that'll be just enough to get him uh, offensive rookie of the year. Yeah. My only problem would be him not getting the looks like, cause like the last couple of guys to win it, you know, Garrett Wilson was the best receiver last year for the jets. And, um, before that, Jamar Chase, you know, quickly emerged as the best receiver on that Bengals team just a few weeks into the season. And before that, it was Justin Jefferson. So it's like, and he was obviously the best wide receiver on that team. So it's hard when you already have a guy like Justin Jefferson in your offense and you're playing the same position. You're essentially fighting for targets and they're always going to go to Justin Jefferson. Yeah. That's a good point. I mean, who else do you think has a shot? I you think Bijan? I think Bijan has a Is shot. I think surprisingly, Jameer I think yeah. I was good. I was about to say surprisingly, Jameer Gibbs I think has a shot. Um, yep. I think Anthony Richardson has a decent shot. Um, there's a few others. You know, like C.J. Stroud has a better shot I think than Bryce Young because. You know, Bryce Young has it very much set up for him. Whereas I think for Stroud, there's a lot of work to be done with that team in general. So if he can succeed with that team, like let's say the Texans and the Panthers have the same record at the end of the year, which I don't think they will. But if they did, I would be more impressed by the Texans doing it just because CJ Stroud doesn't have as much to work with as Bryce Young. Okay. That makes sense. Um, I guess it, it's kind of like we're, we're in a weird spot because I feel like all the big rookie, I, I don't think it'll be a quarterback. I really don't. Anthony Richardson, I, I we've already kind of talked about it. He went to the Colts, so I don't really know if there's going to be anything for him there. I don't know. I do like that. Um, oh, shit, I'm blinking on his name. The Eagles guy that's their head coach now. Sirianni? Oh, never mind. Um, Is it uh, Shane Steichen? Okay, yeah. I like that. I like that he's there. Um, I think that bodes well for them. And him having Jonathan Taylor as like his escape artist. The Those two okay. would work, to, like they'll work together very well. I think the option is something that we will see from that team. Yeah, he's got Michael Pittman too. Yeah. I mean, Pretty underrated guy. Yeah, I think. Mo Ali Cox, solid tight end. That's about it. He's not great. He's just solid. Yeah, I just former I don't Virginia know, Commonwealth basketball player. <laughs> you love saying that. I do. I just, uh, I just don't. I, I really don't think it'll be a quarterback. I, I think I'm going to stick with um, Jordan Addison, but I, I don't know. What do you think about Njigba? Yeah, he's got a shout. I, I, but once again, I think similar to Jordan Addison's situation. There's already wide receivers there. Yeah. 
So that is true. I don't know. We'll we'll have to see. I think it's going to be. There's a lot of offenses that I'm very interested to watch this season. Yes, me too. But I think that's going to do it for the NFL. I think those Dang, takes were hot fun. enough. They were they were steaming. <laughs> <laughs> but let's talk about the Concacaf Gold Cup. And, and though it is it. not that insignificant, um, we made this decision because of how much of a train wreck the MLS is. <laughs> yeah. So, even though I was the one pushing for it, I will even admit that the the MLS is only fun to look at, you know, if Atlanta United is doing well. <laughs> yes. So uh, the man. the group stage is concluded in the Gold Cup. Quarterfinals are set. And uh, let's go through these group stage standings. So Group A, United States and Jamaica move on, both with seven points. They go two and one and zero uh, in those matches. Trinidad and Tobago and St. Kitts and Neves. Nevis? Neves? I don't know how the fuck you say that. Um, those two don't go on. St. Kitts didn't even draw once. They had a negative 14 goal differential. Um, group B, Mexico and Qatar move on. Mexico goes uh, two wins, one loss. Qatar, one win, one loss, one draw. Uh, they just win over Honduras with goal differential uh, zero. Honduras sadly does not move on with their negative three goal differential. And then Haiti uh, last in that division, or last in that group, one win, two losses, negative uh, two goal differential. And then Group C, we have Panama and Costa Rica who move on. Panama, two wins, one draw. They get seven points. And then Costa Rica, one win, one draw, one loss. They pick up four. Martinique, one win, two losses. They only get three points. And then El Salvador, two draws, one loss. They get two points. And then your final group, Group D, Guatemala wins that one. And Canada moves on as well. Guatemala, 2-1-0. Uh, seven points. Canada one two and zero. Oh, that's five. And then Guadalupe gets away four points. And then Cuba zero points. What a tournament! Yeah, it's been a great start. Honestly, a lot of I really have like no teams went three and zero, oh, which is makes it much more exciting. Yes. So you know your best teams, essentially, four teams got seven points. Um, then you had one six pointer, one five, one four that move on. Um, and then these quarterfinals matchups, pretty good. Uh, Panama versus Qatar is probably the worst matchup easily. Yeah. Which is sad because Panama have been having a like fantastic gold cup. Um, they have a pretty decent team this year. Uh, they really have always had a, like a team that can compete with anybody, uh, and they're kind of like location like they've always been a good gold cup team is what i'm trying to say yeah but um a cool little stat here panama and qatar have only played each other twice and qatar has a win and then a draw on them okay yeah kind of interesting yeah um you know this one there's not much to say they play saturday 7 p.m uh panama in their last five matches uh, as an international team haven't kept a clean sheet so probably look at a, at least a goal from Qatar. Um they're actually number 57 and 58 in the FIFA world rankings. Which Dang, is funny. What a, what a game. Yeah. Yeah, what a <laughs> powerful matchup. <laughs> it really is. Uh but yeah, I don't I don't know. I I'm thinking 
I'm thinking some extra time is in the is in the books here. Yeah, like going into extra time, like one one or yeah. something like that. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, I'm gonna take uh, I'm gonna take Qatar. Really? Yeah, fuck it. I'm gonna take the Panamanians. All right. And then the second match on Saturday, 9.30 p.m., we got Mexico versus Costa Rica, also at AT AT&T Stadium. Um, This one, a much better matchup, in my eyes. Yes. Uh, Mexico is actually coming off of a loss to Qatar. Kind of interesting there. And then Costa Rica is coming off of a 6-4 win over Martinique. Uh, Ten goals. I I got one stat here. And I think that just drills at home for me. Mexico hasn't lost to Costa Rica in their last 10 meetings. Seven wins, three draws. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it'll be this time either for Costa Rica. No, I don't either. Uh, I'm going to take Mexico 2-1. Mexico 1-0. All right. And then we move on to Sunday. One of my favorite matchups, me and Luke both said it, Guatemala versus Jamaica. And though you look at the FIFA rankings, you're like, why the fuck is this the best matchup? Number 116, (laughs) Guatemala, versus number 63, Jamaica. Well, simply because they actually are fun to watch. Yeah, um, they have both had amazing tournaments thus far. Yeah, like when you look, you know, standings finishing-wise, Jamaica had seven points, uh, Guatemala also seven points. So the two most points in a matchup here, that's a big part of it. Um, and yeah, I, I really like what these two teams have to offer. I do too. Um, and I'm trying to find, I want to see if Jamaica's playing any of their players that I know. Cause Jamaicans, I, they've always kind of produced like, you know, some decent soccer players here and there. Yeah. Problem is that England just takes the good ones. Yes. No, very true. Um, I can't find if like Leon Bailey's playing any. I doubt it. A lot of the high-profile players don't play in the Gold Cup. They don't, but what I'm thinking is that Jamaica doesn't really have a lot of other um, tournaments that they would be involved in, so maybe they would. Let's see. Their game against the United States is what I'm looking at. Yeah, Leon Bailey did play. He was actually striker with uh, Michaela Antonio from West Ham. That's solid. That is probably And Andre Blake is in goal. Forgot about him. Shit. He's uh, he's like one of the greatest MLS goalkeepers of all time. Jamaica might have the best. They haven't lost in five matches. Um, they win, you know, the series advantage against Guatemala. They're two, one, and one against them, and um, but they have not drawn in any of their last three matches against each other. So I'm thinking it's going to be settled in ninety. I'm going to take Jamaica three one. I'm going to take Jamaica 2-0. Um, and it's just because Guatemala, like, it, although they have been consistent, they're not really impressive results. Like, you got 1-0 over Cuba, who Cuba, you know, literally didn't even win or tie a game. Yep. They had a 0-0 draw versus Canada, which is impressive, but, you know, it, it was 0-0. You didn't score. guess, you know, didn't let them score. But and then you have a 3-2 over Guadalupe, but Guadalupe had a red card. So... I don't know. I, I guess Jamaica's wins have been a lot more clean. You know, Jamaica tied yeah. up the United States 1-1 even, too. So I'm going to take Jamaica 2-0. All right. And then we've got the, the battle of the northern border, USA versus Canada. Um, I don't think this one is going to be close. 
I don't either. Yeah, the U.S. is on a, a nine-game unbeaten streak. Yep. Um, they are, of course, the home team in this. Uh, they're playing at TQL Stadium. So maybe that gives them, a, you know, gives Canada a shot. You can send some people down to Cincinnati. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I don't think there's competition here whatsoever. No, there's not. Um, the United States have played three Gold Cup games, and they have scored 13 goals. Yeah. Uh, they're coming off of a 6-0 versus St. Kitts and Nevis, and then a 6-0 versus Trinidad and Tobago. So Jamaica just basically got lucky, is what I'm seeing here. Um, and the Canadians won't be so lucky. I, I really could see the United States blowing them out of the water. I'm I'm actually going to go 4-0. I, 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 the United States has been just killing teams lately Grayson yeah I'm gonna go so, I'm gonna go for four one I think we'll we'll give up one I like just because we don't have all the normal guys yes that is true uh so yeah that that sets our uh our matchups here yeah I can't wait to see what teams come out of it, it I, I would really like to see Jamaica progress though because I now kind of looking at their lineup they played against the US I, I really want to catch a Jamaica game because they actually have some cool players that are playing for them so yeah. all right we'll look forward to I'm next excited. week because um, we'll be talk the, the semifinals will have wrapped up next week when we record and then uh, we'll be previewing the uh, final that's next Sunday so um, exciting let's get into the transfer news let's go across the pond. Um, Let's do it. Dominic Sabaslai to Liverpool from Leipzig is official, and he will wear Steven Gerrard's number eight. Ah, uh, damn. I, I don't know about him wearing that number, but uh, Sabaslai is going to be fantastic, I think, for Liverpool. Um, man, I can't wait for that left foot to be in the prim, dude. He's got such a rocket foot. Yeah. It's going to be great. He's going to be fantastic. Him and Alexis McAllister. Yes. Fantastic duo there. Um. Cesar Azpilicueta, Dave, returns to Atletico Madrid on a free transfer. Yeah, it's a it's a really good move for him because Azpilicueta, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you and I both know as we covered the Prem uh, last season, like maybe not a starter on Atletico Madrid, but if a player goes down and you need Azpilicueta to start for like, you know, two or three months, I'm fine with that, man. He, he is yeah. truly still a solid defender. Yeah, I think it's a it's a good move on both sides. Yeah, but a bummer for Chelsea. I I hate like I hate losing players like him. <laughs> yeah, a club legend. We talked about it before the episode, but won tons of trophies with Chelsea in his time. I think he yeah. played over five hundred games. Like truly a, a club legend. Um, yep. Though the next one, Marcus Thuram has completed his move to Inter from Borussia Mönchengladbach. Um, he is very good. I, he has such good potential. Yeah, uh, I'm a big fan of this guy. I think he's a, he's a great Lukaku replacement. Um, <clears throat> just another huge... Um, he's a striker, right? I, he's either a striker or a winger, but I know he's got some, some decent pace with him. I was about to say, I, I think he's... Um, I think he's a striker. Yeah, he's pretty big. He's 6'4". He's got to be. Yeah, so that, that was kind of my point there is like, um, th I think they are going to lose Lukaku. I've heard a lot of things, uh, you know, regarding his uh, his departure. But um, yeah, Inter seems to like, you know, having not only Lautaro Martinez, who I've also seen a lot of transfer rumors with him, 
but they also like to sub in that big guy at the end of the game to just kind of like, you know, brutalize the already tired defenders. And I think uh, Marcus Thurman can do that, or he could even start for them. He's a brilliant striker. Yeah, uh, he was actually born in Italy, uh, but is French. So he's got a connection to Italy, and I I think he's going to be a great player, possibly like an everyday kind of starter for Inter. Yeah, I think so too. Because I think they liked that two-striker setup when they had Edin Dzeko and Lautaro Martinez last year, where they have Lautaro's more of like the you know, skillful striker, and Edin Dzeko played that target man role, and I think Marcus Thuram can play that very well. I do too. And then Mason Mount has officially joined Manchester United, uh, released a, a video saying goodbye to Chelsea that was obviously pre-recorded because his hair was blonde in the video and the pictures <laughs> of him at Man U. Uh, he has brown hair again, so interesting. But yeah. um, this one kind of sucks as a you know, for you as a Chelsea fan, uh, a youth academy guy, been there essentially his whole life. Eighteen years, yeah, at Chelsea for him, or involved with Chelsea. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a bummer. Um, I kind of hate that you know, one bad season ended up being <clears throat> like you know his kind of end at Chelsea because uh, it, it just sucks, man. Like. That that's he's one player that I wish Chelsea would have had more patience with, and that just seems you know there's a there's a huge lack of patience in Chelsea, and and there always has been, especially with managers over the years. But um, yeah, Mason Mount's a player that I didn't really want to see leave just yet. I mean, he was brutal last season. I I really truly hated him, but I also hate to see him leave. Yeah, yeah, it does so. suck. Um, I'm you know I'm kind of surprised by. How positive of a reaction this move has gotten, though. Um, yeah. It seems like people are very sold on him being like a big part of Manchester United's team next year. Yeah, which, you know, we talked about it on the pod, and I, I'm in the same boat as you. I'm, I'm kind of confused as to where he, he fits. He, he's very versatile. I, I can see him coming in off the bench, you know, as a center mid or as a winger, but, like, you know, I don't really see him being a big deal over there. Yeah, like, you know, maybe if we're not seeing what we need to out of the, you know, the two young right wingers, uh, you could see him coming in there. But, you know, Anthony, between Anthony and Garnacho, like, you have some talent out there on the wing. And yes. Garnacho is versatile enough to play in the center as well. But you have Bruno Fernandes, you have Christian Eriksen. I- I'm just, I don't know, I don't know where this where I'm lost here compared to other people. I mean, it it could just be because you and I are Americans and Manchester United is a British team or a a UK team that just signed, you know, like a young UK talent. So maybe that's why that definitely could be the case, but also, you know, it, it regarding like his, his talent coming off of last season and the way that Manchester United already set up, I don't really see it being that kind of big of a deal. Yeah. Uh, but let's move on to the next Chelsea departure. Ruben Loftus-Cheek has officially joined AC Milan. I don't see this one as a, a big deal, personally. I don't either, but uh, I, a lot of Chelsea fans love um, uh, RLC. Uh, you know, he, he's been at Chelsea forever, just as a backup. I'm kind of surprised that he's just gone now. Yeah. But um, it, it seemed like last season, like, 
there were a couple times where he played in the Champions League where he actually looked super, super good. And um, yeah, just another, you know, longtime Chelsea Academy player that I'm just kind of bummed to lose out on, but not as big of a deal as Mason Mount. Yeah, well, this next move should be getting you real excited because I love this oh, guy. Yeah. They signed 22-year-old Villarreal forward Nicholas Jackson, and I love him. I love this guy so much. Yeah, uh, a pretty lanky uh, winger. But, um, <laughs> dude, I haven't really even heard much about this guy. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah, I, I think he's more of like a striker, like a, a true striker. But okay. you guys got him on like an eight-year deal. Wow. Which is wild. Um, 22 years old. And let's see, last season, um, just in general, in, in La Liga, he's played in 34 matches, 12 goals, 5 assists. Definitely pretty not solid. that bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very, pretty, very solid. Pretty solid for a guy who you know wasn't playing every single match for Villarreal. I wonder if that means if, uh, if Pulisic is truly out. Uh, I don't know. You didn't spend too much money on him, really. You know, the yeah. fee only it's thirty seven million. Um you know, with the I think there was some extra fees or whatever. But yeah, I, I love this move. I think you saved some money. Does this count out Victor Ossiman? Oh, I don't think so. Okay. Okay. I do not think so. Because I feel like there's but, been um, zero advancements on that one. I, I have two. Um I've heard more Volovich than yeah. Ossiman lately. Yeah. And I also actually heard Lotaro Martinez. Oh, interesting. Was another one. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you're kind of right. I, I'm still waiting on Ossiman. He's still who I would prefer. But yeah. Right. I haven't heard any sort of advancement on him. Got it. And then um, our next move, Barcelona. Of course, finding a random Brazilian kid who's 18. Uh, they <laughs> yep. land Atletico Pardonese forward Vitor Roque. Uh, and the plan for him is actually to join in January. But they are just... It's them and Real Madrid. They just love Brazil. They, they really do. And I, I just noticed some transfers that we don't have on here, Grayson, that I just saw on ESPN. Oh. Marco Asensio on a free transfer is going to PSG. Boo. Shit move. Milan Skriniar, the really good defender from yeah. Inter, yeah. is also going to PSG. Oh, come on. Yes. That one's kind of annoying. I love Milan Skriniar. Uh, yeah, it sucks. In Slovakia. But uh, yeah, sorry to interrupt you. I just noticed that those no. are two big ones that we did not have. Yeah, I appreciate that. But... Uh, yeah. Back to Vitor Roque. Yes. This kid is very good. Um, in, you know, he's played a little bit for, uh, he's got one cap so far for Brazil's national team, but um, really hasn't gotten the opportunity to play too much. But in the first division in Brazil, in 13 matches, he has seven goals and two assists. Okay. And in the Copa Libertadores last season, six matches, he had three goals. Not bad. So, you know, we'll see what happens. But, you know, there's a, a chance. Because he's played both wings. He's played striker. He could really do it all. So, 
you know, maybe we see him as the next the next young Brazilian to just show up at Barcelona and be good. Yeah, could be. I mean, Lewandowski isn't going to be there forever. That's true. So I definitely kind of see this that. kid much more as a winger, um, personally, just because you know speed. He's got it, and then uh, I don't think he's all that tall. Um, you know, I I'm not very good with meters. So, um, so uh he's five eight yeah that's a winger yep <laughs> but yeah i i think this is a great move you know i, I can't be mad at like, i think they only spent like a couple million so yeah it's not bad at all a great move and then barcelona also picked up um relatively old now but they picked up bill bow center back inigo martinez I think this is a good move. I think Inigo just has that La Liga experience uh, that just makes him so good. And I think he could be a great replacement, especially for like a guy like that you just let go with Samuel Umtiti. Like, even if Inigo's not starting every day, I think he could be a pretty valuable, you know, depth move. Yeah, kind of filling the void of, um, well, not really filling the void, but kind of. Uh... There for PK, I would imagine too. Yeah, because uh, they yeah. lost him as well. Pretty solid move. Yeah, I like it. And then uh, Real Madrid finds another youngster. They've agreed on a fee with Fenerbahce to sign 18-year-old attacking mid Arda Guler. Guler, probably. This uh, it's one. An umlaut. I don't know how to. I don't know how that works. <laughs> this guy's gonna be fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Not right now. But fucking ridiculous, I think. Yeah. You think he's got the opportunity to be the best Turkish player we've seen? Of all time? Maybe. I don't know. Ooh, I, don't, I don't know. I don't if, know. Like, the only Turkish players I can even think of right now are like Arda Turan. Wasn't, um, oh my God. Uh, was it Sahi? Was Haji the Romanian? Yeah, he was yeah. Romanian. Uh, what okay. about that guy that played for Dortmund? The midfielder, I think. Sahin? Like oh, Nuri Sahin. Yeah, he was okay. He was good. Um, yeah, I I don't know, but I I've seen highlights of this guy at Fenerbahce, and it's not like the Turkish the Turkish Super League is like an easy place to play. You know, atmosphere when you go to places like Galatasaray, Fenerbahce, or Besiktas, it's gonna be you know ridiculous, and you know the games are very hard over there. Um. So it's a great place, I think, for youngsters to come from. I, I would imagine that, you know, it's toughened them up pretty well. And um, I, I've liked what I've seen. Great dribbler. Um, threat outside the box to score. Um, good playmaker. He he really has it all as a center attacking yeah. mid. It's just kind of um, – <clears throat> sorry. It's just kind of whether or not he can, um, you know, transition it to La Liga. Yeah, I I have a feeling that, you know, if he develops as he should – that we'll see him regularly in the Real Madrid lineup within the next two, three years. Like once Cruz and Modric are probably out, that's when I see him coming in, being, you know, regularly subbed on, playing maybe in like some Champions League matches when, you know, Jude Bellingham's maybe not playing or, um, you know, there are countless other midfield talent. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of it there. Yeah, definitely. Uh, this one, not a transfer. But Luis Enrique was confirmed as PSG's manager. Um, do you think this is to keep Neymar? Ooh, I didn't even think of that. 
it, it could be, but I've also seen that Neymar um, has like agreed to personal terms with Barcelona. They just have to find his uh, like contract point. Yeah. So I don't know. It, it could be, but Luis Enrique, you know, he's just a solid manager yeah, in is. his own right too. And I think he probably, it, it was looking like he was going to end up with Chelsea if it wasn't Pochettino. So I, I don't necessarily know if it's to keep Neymar or not. I, I would like to go with no, I think. Yeah. Um, And then we got two guys making the jump to Saudi Arabia. Roberto Firmino and Marcelo Brozovic. I'm more surprised by Brozovic. He joins Al Nassar. Firmino joins Al Ali. But, yeah, I'm, I, I think these are two great players to pick up for the Saudi League. Yeah, I do too. Um. Brozovic, maybe personally, I would say no. I will, he, he's a good player for the Saudi League, but personally, I would have rather it not happen because I just yeah. think he fits Inter so well. I but think for me, no, for he, sure. He has a future in Europe still. Yeah, definitely does. Because he's not that old. He's definitely you know been around for a little while, but yeah, he just played in a Champions League final. Yeah, he's thirty years old. Like you know, I'd give him a couple more years in Europe. But I would too. I think that makes it a better move, at least from the Saudi Arabian perspective. Uh, you know, yes. getting a guy who's only thirty years old, still a very good player. Once again, just bringing more and more attraction to this league. God, there there's so much talent out there. Like like way more than what China was able to do. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah, I, I think that it's a much more enticing offer to be going to Saudi Arabia than like China or Japan. Um, just because of like, you know, where we've seen Saudi Arabia, at least culturally, like we see uh, obviously outside of many other things, but <laughs> um, when it comes to athletes and lifestyle, it works the best. It works much better than China. It does. And and on top of that, you know, Saudi Arabian um, businesses and, you know, owners have always had, you know, their feet in the sport of soccer for, you yeah. know, a, a pretty decent while now. So, I mean, in all honesty, it was only a matter of time before something like this happened. Yeah. Kind of, and kind of looking back and thinking on it. but Yeah. I, I personally think these are two good moves for the Saudi Arabian League. I think Roberto Firmino just kind of makes sense. Yeah, that one definitely makes sense to me as well. Uh, so this one, not sure. I, I'm seeing so many conflicting reports now with Urian Timber, uh, but it seems like Arsenal are kind of the leaders at the moment. I, I keep seeing that like they're getting there, like it's almost done. But then I'm also seeing things like, you know, they haven't agreed on a transfer fee or they haven't agreed on this. And then I have no idea. I think he's going to end up at Arsenal. I do too. But. For now, it's not official, but I think that's the one. Any young player from Ajax is going to be solid. Yeah. Um, and Arsenal have al- already had really such an amazing transfer window, not even with, you know, bringing in Declan Rice, but, like, also retaining their players. Um, yeah. There, there haven't been a lot of players at Arsenal that are unsettled. Oh, and bringing in Kai Havertz. That was yeah. the other one that I forgot about. But, um, yeah, Arsenal are doing a very good job. Yeah, you hold on to a bunch of players that were very good last year. Martin Odegaard, William Saliba, um, even Gabriel Jesus, you hold on to him. And then, you know, you bring in, like you said, Kai Havertz, Declan Rice. 
I, I think they've done a fantastic job thus far. Yep, definitely have. One uh, of the biggest winners, I would say. Yeah, I think they've had one of the best transfer windows. And then Atletico Madrid have signed former Leicester center back Caglor Soyuncu uh, on a free transfer. Obviously, Leicester is, you know, kind of fire selling. Yep. But yep. Um, another, know, you know, defender move for Atletico Madrid here, like Espiliqueta. Yeah, that seems to be where they focus. Like, yeah, they, they do a good job. Yeah, they do a good job of like, you know, growing midfielders or like finding some midfielders within La Liga. But a lot of times they seem to go international in the defense. Yeah. Yeah, kind of interesting. And, and they just, you know, they like to just bring in, it seems like international attackers as well. Yeah. Yeah. Too, like their forwards and stuff. But yeah, I think this is a good move. I, you know, when talking about Leicester, I'm still surprised we haven't seen JD, Jamie Vardy leave. Yep. Um, I think he'll be a great striker next year for Luton Town. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> that that uh, is just a match made in heaven. It, it really is. <laughs> like Lester gets gets relegated, they sell Jamie Vardy to a team that just got promoted for the first yeah, time. I don't ever. know. That would be. Hilarious. I think Vardy's time in the prim is up. Is it? Yeah, I, I could see I could see him playing in the championship. I, I feel like he's like just a little bit too good for the championship. I don't know. Last season just for barely. him was horrible. Yeah, I know, but the whole team sucked. Yeah, true. Except- I wonder if we'll see Ian Nacho leave last year. I know he's a young Ooh. striker that still yeah. probably has a lot of potential. Yeah, I really thought he was going to be the future of Man City. Oh, yeah, back in the day, yeah. <laughs> I really thought he was going to succeed uh, Sergio Aguero. <laughs> instead, it's uh, Holland. Yeah, instead, it's the guy <laughs> who's 10 million times better. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, it looks like Liverpool have sent young midfielder Fabio Carvalho on loan to Leipzig with no option to buy, so simply just a development move, which makes sense. Um, I liked this move when they picked him up. Young Portuguese center mid, box to box kind of guy. Really like his game. He just doesn't have the ability to get into this lineup yet, and that's fine because uh, he's going to Leipzig, who, you know, kind of like Ajax, man. They just cultivate young talent so well. Yeah. And um, yeah, if I, if I'm a if I'm a team and I'm loaning my young players, give me Ajax or Leipzig, and that's exactly what Liverpool did with Leipzig. Yeah, I think that's a great move. Um, but let's get into some of these rumors. It appears that Lyon and AC Milan are the top teams targeting Christian Pulisic. Looks like AC Milan is kind of pulled ahead uh, in this one. But just once again, Chelsea selling them off, making that money. Yeah, I think AC Milan, I, I know I texted it to you a couple days ago, but I think it was like a $24 million bid for Pulisic, which I think is the most right now. Uh, I think actually both of these teams have submitted 25. Oh, okay. I think that's what I saw. I uh, didn't realize that Leon had already bidded or uh, made a bid on him. Yeah, I think I heard that Leon did it first. Uh, like, AC Milan's been, I think, interested and talked about more, like, for a longer amount of time. But I believe yep. that Leon was the first one to put in the bid. But I think they're both at $25 million, So it's just up to Chelsea uh, on where they want to send him. 
But our next one, probably a much bigger one. It appears that Byron have made big strides towards getting a deal for Harry Kane. Um, it's weird situation though, because we talked about this last week that it was rumored, but Tottenham appear to like not want to sell him. It seems like Harry Kane wants to leave, and Tottenham can't really risk losing him for a free transfer at the end of next season. So it just seems like the perfect time to sell him. Yeah, and the fee the fee could be massive for this guy, too. Yeah. Like, yeah, he's getting up there in age, but He's one of the best goal scorers in Premier League history. Undoubtable. Like, you can't argue it. What, if you're Tottenham, what are you selling? What, what's your price? Oh, I don't know. Like, you know, what? A 29-year-old striker, he's still got time, man. Uh, I would tough. say $110 million. $110 million? Yep, for Harry Kane. I think he'd be right at 100 maybe, like, in the 90s. Just because okay. he's a little bit older than like the guys you typically see at that fee. Yeah. That is true. But, but I, I'm, then again, I don't know, man. You can't deny the goal scoring. Yeah, absolutely not. So there there is certainly that aspect of it, because you know, three hundred and twenty matches in the Prem, two hundred and thirteen goals, fifty assists. It's ridiculous. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> fucking crazy. Uh but uh, I I don't know. I, I would love to see it. I think that seeing Harry Kane play in another league would be fantastic. Um, I would have loved to have just seen him like go to Real Madrid. I wish that happened. Oh, yeah, that was um, I remember that was being talked about for a while. But, yeah. you know, with, with Harry Kane, I feel like it, it, it'll be such a relief for him to go to a league like the Bundesliga. Yes. Not because like the Bundesliga is like worse or anything. It is worse. But like. I just feel like Bayern is like a zero stress team to be a part of, even though they are one of the biggest in the world. Yeah, well, because like you know, you're gonna win a trophy every year. Yeah, <laughs> but like they, I don't know, Bayern. I just have so much respect for. I, I just feel like they do everything the right way. You know, they're not like PSG where they just you know buy, buy, buy. Like Bayern seem to make moves that like really, really help them out in the long run. And yeah. I feel like it'd be a great environment for Harry Kane to be a part of, seriously. Yeah, I think that if they got Harry Kane, literally two two moves would make this the best transfer, like a very good transfer window. Just literally just Harry Kane and Kim Min Jae would make this a success. Oh yeah. Big time. Uh, I forgot but, about him already. Wow. Yeah. And then yeah. Our next rumor, well, this isn't a rumor, this is just true. Um, Chelsea just can't get rid of Hakeem Ziyech. Yeah. Uh, he failed his physical with Al Nassar. So not only could he not get a move to PSG um, at the January deadline, can't even go to Saudi Arabia and get his bag because he's got a knee problem. <laughs> Dang, bummer. He just wanted to go out there and play with Ron, uh, freaking Ronaldo, dude. Yeah. Now he can't. It's a shame. So strange, man. <laughs> he just he just wants to leave London. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. And I don't I don't blame him. He gets no playing time. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame him either. Um, it's just it it's so strange though. Like I've never really heard anything like this before. Yeah, this doesn't happen often. Typically, when you hear like this guy's undergoing his medical with his team, it's like okay, it's a done deal. Yeah, exactly. He's gone. But. I don't know, man. It's interesting. Uh, another guy 
expected to depart from Chelsea this summer, who probably will leave. Uh, Callum Hudson-Odoi, I think is, is that right? Yes. Okay. Yep. Yeah, Callum Hudson-Odoi, likely on his way out. Makes sense. Guy just needs needs to go somewhere he's going to play, and that's exactly what this move is. Yeah, I love what this guy brings, though, man. Um, this this one I'm actually kind of happy about losing him because I like this guy so much that I want to see him do well, and it just won't be with Chelsea. Um, we're too loaded at his position, especially you know because we can't get rid of Hakeem Ziyech. But um, yeah, Hudson Adoy is a guy who has a lot of potential. Uh, he came back pretty well from his uh, most recent injury that he just had, and uh, yeah. I would like to just see him go and do well somewhere. Yeah, I think the you know the rumors have it looking like maybe he stays in the prem. Um, I've seen Nottingham Forest and Fulham talked about, but then also a little bit of interest from Syria. I've heard about you know I've heard AC Milan. AC Milan seems to be very interested in Premier League players. Yeah, especially from Chelsea. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's like they've got some kind of agreement going on. Yes, they do. Interesting, hmm. but. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think that he just he needs to go. He needs to go somewhere where he's going to play. He's 22 years old now, and he just needs experience. Like, he left, what, he got loaned out to Leverkusen and played pretty well in Leverkusen. Uh, yep. You know, didn't didn't get too much time. Only played in 14 matches, didn't score a goal, had one assist. Only played, like, 600 minutes. So, didn't really get as much attention as you'd like when you're out on loan. But, like, he's been a good player. Even just in the Prem, in 72 matches, 4 goals, 12 assists, that's not that bad. No, not at all. Yeah, and in his 23 Champions League appearances, he's got 4 goals and 3 assists. Yeah, he he just needs to go somewhere. Yeah, he needs to go somewhere where they're actually going to play him. I think Nottingham Forest would be a fantastic landing spot. Yeah, Nottingham Forest would be good, or maybe even newly promoted Luton Town. Maybe. I, I want to link every player to Luton Town. <laughs> Messi, <laughs> Cristiano Ronaldo to Luton Town. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> confirmed. I'm just gonna tweet. I'm I'm just gonna tweet from the second short account. Cristiano Ronaldo to Luton Town uh, has been agreed on personal terms. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> but our uh, next one, just kind of talking about Man United in general. It looks like their biggest targets for the rest of the window will remain goalkeeper and striker. Um. The, you know, originally we were looking at possibly Harry Kane going to Manchester United. Now that's definitely fizzled out. Um, but it looks like Andre Onana has been the goalkeeper for them. Uh, looks like they may have agreed on a number. Um, I don't really know. Somewhere around 45 to 55 million euros is what I'm hearing. And I think a big part of this move could be that it's driven by Onana and Eric Ten Hag's connection from Ajax. Yeah, that's um, that's a good shout there. Um, but you know, going back to what you know, Manchester United already have, but I guess they don't want. You still have David De Gea, who yeah. you brought up the last time we recorded, led the Premier League in clean sheets, and he's a club legend. Yeah, I, I, I don't understand I, why you don't keep him. I think. There's just uncertainty. They don't know if he even wants to stay. Yeah. Because he's got the ability to leave right now. He's a free agent. That is true. 
So, and, and I mean, Andre Onana, what a replacement. Yeah, he would be for for years to come too. Yeah, he'd be great. I, I don't know. I guess my childhood just wants to hang on to De Gea. <laughs> yeah, and then when it comes to striker targets, the big one I'm seeing uh, is Atalanta's Danish youngster Rasmus Hojlund. Um, I've looked this guy up. I love him. <laughs> uh, I've never even heard of him. I'm I'm hearing I'm hearing Holland whispers. Uh oh. So. It's just, it's just rumors, but I'm hearing them. <laughs> Man, every player that comes out of those, uh, the, everybody that comes out of um, those countries are going to be Holland players. Yeah, anybody from Denmark, Sweden, Norway, Finland, they're just going to be like, oh, this is, he's a striker and he's tall. That's Erling Holland. Yep. <laughs> yeah. But oh, I don't know. Man. He's got, you know, he's not going to be that expensive for a young, talented striker. You know, transfer market has him valued at forty five million euros. Um I I think that that'd be a great price tag for, you know, a striker of the future uh for Manchester United. And, you know, it looks like they're kind of leading the race, possibly like the two teams he's rumored to go to, Manchester United and Juventus. Um, which is good ones to be looking at. Oh, for sure. But yeah, um yeah, I, I think it'd be great. You know, he's only spent one season and Serie A, and he played in 32 matches. He he only moved there in August of 2022. So, we'll have to see, but I, I think that there's a good possibility that he moves to Manchester United. It sounds like he's on a pretty quick come-up in his career. Yeah, yeah. Started out, like, you know, when it comes to senior playing, like, started with Copenhagen, like, FC Copenhagen in 2021, and then in 2022, made a move to uh, Austria, played for Sturm Graz. That was only a $1 million move. And then for $4.5 million, went to Atalanta, and now being linked at possibly $45 million to Manchester United. <laughs> wow, you'd love to see it. Yeah, a quick come up for Rasmus Holland. Holland. I don't know if you pronounce the J. I don't know. And I don't know what to do about an O with a circle through it. <laughs> yeah, teach us what we are supposed to do about that. <laughs> yeah, somebody tell me. Um, but uh, our next one, Steven Gerrard's new club, Al Etifak, I believe. Is that how you pronounce that? Etifak? Um, Etifak. Oh, okay. E T T I F A K, or Q. Sorry. Um, They're not giving up. They are trying to sign Liverpool midfielder Thiago Alcantara. Dang, what what a signing he would be! Yeah, over there. Yeah, that would be a big one, especially for Stevie G. Yeah, right. Pick up a, a former Liverpool midfielder, buy a former Liverpool midfielder. It'd be great. Uh, dude, Thiago, he has been so sick for so long now. Definitely one of the more underrated players of like my generation. I would yeah. say. Oh, definitely, he's been great. I he was yeah. so good at Bayern. Yep. Even at Barcelona, he was fun to watch as a kid. Yeah, yeah, he was good. And his brother. People really underrated his brother. Rafinha? Yeah. He was very Big good. Um, and then our last thing, this isn't really transfer news, but I think this is absurd. I don't know if this is actually real. I, I, I really don't know if I can believe this yet. But <laughs> I, I think it came directly from the president of the Brazilian FA, and I still don't believe it. 
But he announced that Carlo Ancelotti will join as the Brazilian manager for the international team when his contract expires next summer at Real Madrid. I uh, I would I am so excited to tell you, Grayson, uh, that this is uh, this is true. Really? Yes. Okay. That's yep. crazy. Except, I think he will actually take over in 2024, and they're even t- talking about Kaká coming to help him out. Interesting. Which is really cool because Ancelotti was uh, Kaká's manager when he like won the Ballon d'Or, I think, at AC Milan. Yeah, he like helped cultivate his career. Yeah, what I'm hearing, what I was hearing, was that his his contract expires at the end of next season, uh, of yes. this coming season. So you yeah. know. Sometime May, June 2024. So essentially he'll be there in time to manage Brazil in the Copa America. Yeah, which is uh, the headline that I'm reading now is kind of like that's what they're trying to do. Okay. Let's get them before the Copa America. Yep. Hey, look, Dang, we, that's going to be a scary-ass team. We know Carlo Ancelotti loves his Brazilians. <laughs> so Yes, he you know, does. Between Vinny and Rodrigo and Marcelo, like, he's seen them all. So yeah, Brazilian little boys, to be exact. Yes, yeah. Yeah, we're talking young boys, and it ain't in Argentina. No. <laughs> that, was, that was clever. Yeah, I like that. That was a Newell Young Boys reference. <laughs> that was a good one. But, oh, boy. Uh, any other transfer news you've seen? You know, it's hard to see it all, so. Um, none that I can think of that we didn't cover. Okay, here, let me just te- yep. check my Twitter notifications just to see. Um, let's see, um, uh, oh, Granite Shaka to, um, Bayer Leverkusen. That one's official. Okay. Uh, did we talk about Di Maria to Benfica? I think we talked about it when like it was first talked about, but it it did go official this, uh, just a couple of days ago. Yep. Uh, Marco Royce. This one's not him leaving, but he has decided to step down as the captain of Dortmund. Interesting. Yeah, they gave it to him with Bellingham leaving, and he's already decided not to take it. Huh, interesting. And then uh, Mbappe might be out. He might not be. I I genuinely don't know. Yeah, he's a he's a weird case and has been for a while now. Like, yeah, I keep hearing, like, PSG doesn't want to get rid of him, and then I'm like, and then I hear, like, Real Madrid has agreed on a contract. Like, I really have no clue. What do you hope happens with him? I hope he leaves PSG. I, I would love for him to go to Real Madrid. Yeah. Personally. Um, I would love, dude, Jude Bellingham and Kylian Mbappe in the same transfer window? Gotta be yeah, some yeah. financial foul play there. <laughs> That's gotta yeah, be a 10-point reduction. That. <laughs> It'll all be worth it, though. <laughs> yeah, and they won't get any points taken away. No, I guarantee <laughs> they never that. Do. Yeah, but I think that's going to be it for soccer. Let's talk summer drinks. Top three, bottom uh, three summer drinks, and I must reiterate: no alcoholic drinks, because I am not twenty-one. It would make it unfair. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I go. I go first on the top three. Luke's first on the bottom three. Yep. I got to open it up. Heaviest hitter. Homemade sweet tea. Oh, I didn't even think about that one. That one's Homemade really sweet good, tea. actually. Like, yes, wow. Chick-fil-A sweet tea, fantastic. Really, anywhere you get sweet tea down here in the south is great. But 
when you walk inside and your mom is making sweet tea, yep, nothing better. Nothing better. Yeah. Um, you know, you're outside, you're, you're hot and sweaty, maybe playing catch, doing some yard work. Just give me some ice cold water out of a like mm. a Kroger bottle. I have that written down verbatim. <laughs> yeah. Um I, those cheap ass water bottles, man. You can never get yep. the lid on, but it just it's just so refreshing. Hits so nice sometimes. Yeah, fantastic. Uh my next one, kind of in the same vein. I'm on, I'm, I'm taking hose water. Water out of the hose. Oh. Dude, it's hot outside, you've been playing with your friends. You walk by, you're like, damn, I need some water. You open you pick up the hose, turn on the water. You just suck down that dirty-ass water. Yep, get some of that Flint, Michigan in your system. Yep. We could have honestly done a top three waters. (laughs) Yeah, we could (laughs) have. Because I've got some honorable mentions that I don't think you're going to take, but I won't take because we've already taken two waters. Okay, okay. Um, give me, uh, give me some lemonade. Fuck! Give me, give me some homemade lemonade, or specifically Chick Fil A lemonade. Okay, yeah, yep, yep. Okay, is it? This is my last pick. Can I take Arnold Palmer? Yes. Okay, because like sweet tea and lemonade are both off the board. I wasn't sure if that was allowed. I should have said no. You took mine. Okay, well <laughs> I'm taking it, Arnold Palmer, because it's the best of both worlds. And I gotta ask you, what's your typical ratio? You going half and half, truly, or you you favoring one side? Ooh, I'm gonna favor the lemonade always. See, I always favor the sweet tea, because I think yes, the lemonade's fantastic, but I need like a little more of the sweetness of the sweet tea than like I the, actually, the bitter flavor of the lemonade. I like that take because I redact my answer. Okay, more um more sweet tea than lemonade, but with a lemon. In the drink. Agreed. Yeah. I do. I think that that's that's why. So like Chick-fil-A has the Sun Joy. I don't get it very often because I don't like their ratio. Interesting. Yeah. And I don't know what it is. I'm sure it's just straight 50-50, but I don't like it. That's fair. I mean, the ratio, it's pretty important. Yeah. Because there's certainly bad Arnold Palmers. Oh, of course. Big time. But, Luke, your final pick on the top three. Oh, man. <clears throat> if only you were 21. <laughs> if, we, uh, if I was 21, our first three <laughs> picks would be different. <laughs> um, give me Bojangles Pink Lemonade. Oh. I think it's just Minute Maid. It could be, but <laughs> it doesn't say Minute Maid on there. It says it's bow time, and it's always bow time. Fair enough. First of all, um, and I just I just thought of a really good honorable mention for this one too. Okay, I'm gonna fire off my first honorable mention. That's pool water. Okay. Oh no! Yeah, dude. <laughs> you can no, do that, dude. There's something. There's <laughs> something not- like so oddly sad like oddly nice about like swimming in the pool and you get some in your mouth and you just like oh whatever you swallow it it's oh fine God. but it's it's more the idea of like oh we're hanging out in the pool pool water is part of that experience yeah i mean that's fair and all that laughter i i forgot my honorable mention <laughs> <laughs> i totally forgot what i was gonna say from um 
my top three. Dang. If you'd what? like, you can honorable mention some alcoholic beverages because you are of age. Uh, nah. Okay. Uh, we'll we'll save that for when it's for when it's time. <laughs> A year from Whenever now, we'll run this back. Yeah, or I can just do an episode with Colin. That's yeah, you and Colin alone. <laughs> I'd love to hear that one. I would love that episode so much. <laughs> oh God! I'd like okay. to just sit in on that and not talk. All right, you ready for? Uh... <laughs> yeah, you ready for bottom three? Yeah, man, get it started. All right, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna paint a scene for this one. All right, okay. you're you're out on the ocean, right, with the family or the friends, and Got you're. It. You've kind of broken away. Everybody else is up at the canopy or the umbrella or whatever, you know, people do. And you're just sitting there kind of in knee-deep water. But, let, you know, let's say it gets choppy. And, and let's say you, you head out a little deeper and you just get shit on by a wave, right? Yep. Ocean water. Oh, with yeah. Sand in the, the teeth. Is your, it, it has to be number one, bottom three. I, I mean, and, and like, you know days after the beach you're gritting your teeth and you can still feel the sand in there man oh no yeah absolutely not gotta be one of the worst part part of the reason i hate the ocean and i hate going to the beach yes um my my first and the bottom three i'm taking milk if you're if it's 95 degrees outside and you just walked in the house from doing something and you pour a glass of milk you're a vile human being yeah, that's a good point. Um, I love milk. I do too. Yeah, no one should do that. <laughs> yeah, like I'm not coming home from like, I don't know, like go uh, go out, play around a golf. I'm not going to come home and drink a glass of milk. Yeah, no, I like that. All right. Um, so I, I'm going to take it back to my what I did with my first uh, pick for my top three. So you're doing yard work, you know, or out playing catch with the boys and Let's say your water was left out in the sun. That same Kroger water bottle. But you're so thirsty and it's all you got. That has to be number two. That yeah. hot ass water. Yeah, especially when you don't think about it. Like you don't think about, oh shit, like my water is going to be hot. Like you go over and you're like, oh yes, water. And you take a sip and it is just hot. That's, yes. That makes it ten times worse. This is a surprise. Yep. Uh, I think with this next one, I'm going to take vegetable juices of any kind. I feel like for some reason people just decide that in the summer they should like be healthy and like drink vegetable juices. <laughs> if you're drinking a V8 in front of me, if you're drinking carrot juice, whatever the fuck it is. And and I know people are going to be like, "Oh, tomatoes are fruit." Okay. I don't care. It's a vegetable <laughs> juice when I th- it's called V8. Yeah. V has got to be for vegetable. Um <laughs> if it's not, I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but, no, fuck the people. Yeah, yeah if you're drinking people. vegetable juices any time of the year, but especially in the summer, you're gross. One's good. That one's a good one. Um Ah, uh, damn. Hmm. I'm gonna go with coconut water. What? First of all, you're you're not healthy for drinking it. Second of all, it doesn't taste good. It's great. And you're and third liar. of all. Fuck off. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what else to say. Coconut water. Coconut I, I, water. I've gone I gotta water defend so many times. I gotta defend coconut water real quick. Because I, um, I know I didn't take it. I should have had it as an honorable mention. But coconut water actually like scientifically one of the best hydrating liquids. Okay? That's a plus. Right. It tastes okay. great. 
I don't know what you're talking about with the bad taste. It tastes great. And it's versatile. You can do a lot of stuff with coconut water. Yeah, what can you do? Tell the podcast what you can do with coconut water. Grayson. First of all. Oh, you, you can't. <laughs> not even going to let me speak. Whatever. You know what? You're not, you're, I'm never going to tell you how to improve your coconut water. You'll never, you'll never hear it from me. Can you get coconut water with pulp in it? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think people do that. Oh, shit. Oh, man. Well, <laughs> my last one. Let's hear it. I'm going to go hot coffee. Because I'm I a coffee drinker. Yeah, I'm a coffee drinker, but hot coffee in the summer, just it just, I don't know. I, I can't. I, I don't need my day to start off with me drinking a hot cup of coffee. So not even in the morning for you? No. I'd rather, like, like on my way to work, swing by like Dunkin' or Starbucks, grab an iced coffee. Yeah, I, I'd have to agree with you there because it, it just doesn't sound good to you know like go to a coffee shop like midday in the summer, yeah. sit outside and have a hot coffee. Yeah, like I'm I'm already a sweater. I'm sweating as we speak, and I have two <laughs> fans on in my room, and I'm sweating. And a hot cup of coffee, especially when it's already hot, like temperature wise, like I'm gonna be sweating. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that one though. But I'm not, I'm not a hot coffee guy anyway. I, I've never been a hot coffee guy. Love it. Just not in the summer. Yes. Correct. <laughs> I like it. Wow, that was the the bottom three was much tougher to put together. Yeah, I don't have that many drinks that I just hate, especially like I... summer specific ones. Yeah. Um, my uh, honorable mention for bottom three, I guess. One could have been river water for me, but I already took so many waters. Yeah, that's the thing. You you ingest a lot of water in the summer. You do, yeah. But yep. yeah, I think that's those are. I think those were all fair. All of our takes. Uh, also, I got to add an honorable mention on the top three. My favorite summer soda, Squirt. Oh yeah, fantastic grapefruit soda. So good. All right. I think that's going to do it for us. Um, Luke, anything else you've got for the people? Nothing. Not really, man. I'm just right. so super excited for All-Star Weekend. Yeah. And, and that whole – well, I keep saying weekend. It's but not – yeah. All-Star Weekend is the NBA, right? It's a week. Yeah, All-Star Weekend is the NBA. Damn it. Okay, I couldn't think of the sport I kept getting it confused with, but I'm super excited for it. Um, just wish there were less injuries on the AL side, but I yeah. think it's still going to be a good time. Yeah, I think in general, we've got a good weekend of baseball. We got a good week in general of baseball coming up with the All-Star break. And then, um, yeah, we got the Gold Cup coming to its conclusion in the next two weeks. So I'm I'm very excited uh, for what is to come. And, uh, yeah, I think that's going to do it for us. Uh, we'll see you all next week. Peace. Peace.